and welcome to the Church Music Makers Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Harmon. Today's episode and all episodes are sponsored by EasyChoirMusic.com. It is such a great resource for choir directors, whether it's uh, school music, whether it's church choir music, community choir music, SATB, SAB, Unison, Unison two parts, three parts, you name it, it's there. The easy part of it is how you get to use it. That means that you go, you choose the music, and each piece on the website has a YouTube video that has the recording, a quality recording of the music, with the music moving, following along, while you can you can read the music while you're listening to it. And it's a great way to investigate what is going on in the piece. Um, there's a lot of sites where you aren't able to follow along with the music while you listen, or you can follow along with the music and not listen. This combines both and makes it so easy to determine if this piece is what you want to use or not. So go over and check out easychoirmusic.com. You can buy a PDF of the music, download it, print as many copies as you need, and you're set and ready to go. If something gets damaged or destroyed or lost, which choir music never gets lost, right? You can make more copies. You don't have to go buy more. You're all set. You're ready to go. So once again, that's easychoirmusic.com. Go over and check it out. There's great resources there. Today's podcast, we're going to talk about what happens when things don't go the way that you planned. Ooh, that's a tough one, isn't it? We make our plans as directors and even as musicians, right? We make our plans, we prepare, and what happens when those plans go awry? I've got a couple examples I'm going to share as we go along and just talk about some different things that, that I've had to go through in my life. So we're going to start chronologically. Um, so I went to college to be a high school choir director. That was my plan. Um, I was going to teach um, religion and choir in, in a private and Lutheran school. And my plan was to teach for maybe about 20 years and then transition into church music. That's my plan. God had another plan at work. My plan was to teach for 20 years in a classroom, right? Well, I've only made it one full-time year, and that was my first year of teaching. Um, it was not a good year um, for a whole lot of reasons, primarily because first years are never the best. Um, lots of lessons learned, lots of things uh, that I failed at that I've now grown from. But after that first year, my position was cut, and so I was faced with a challenge. So um, I ended up being the director of music, youth, and family ministries at a Lutheran church. Yeah, that was fun. Um, actually, it was. I, I enjoyed it and, uh, and, and definitely grew a lot. Um, I was the music director and youth director, all wrapped up in one position because the church that I was uh, serving at um, just on a part-time basis, um, after my position was cut, said, well, you kind of need a full-time job and we kind of need some help. So it all worked out. But from there, again, that wasn't my plan. And how did I react to it? It took a little bit of, it took a little bit of time on my part. 
took a little bit of work to get my head wrapped around the fact that this was not what I had planned, but there were things that I could use uh, my education, my training in, in a different way. And that took a long, actually really took a long time um, to really get to probably about 10 years out of college before I finally realized, look, I am a teacher in the church and that's how I have to view myself. And that was a bit of a challenge on my part to get my head wrapped around that and what that looks like. And even now, um, you know, 18, 19 years now after graduating from college, um, it's still a little bit of a challenge to wrap my head around of what that still looks like. And also what others expect of me in that mindset, because as a teacher, uh, when I'm filling a full-time church music position, the expectation is you make music, you don't teach. So just trying to make, make sense of that has, has been a little bit of a challenge. But that's a, that's a bigger picture plan thing. Most of us don't usually face that on a regular basis. What we do face is things like this. So yesterday, I'm recording on Monday, um, December 16th. And yesterday, the 15th, was our Christmas cantata that I directed um, for my choir. It's a great day. We, uh, we actually were part of a consortium that commissioned a, a work to be written. Fantastic. It was uh, a little bit of a different piece of music. Um, it, it took the texts of uh, Lutheran hymn writer Paul Gerhardt, uh, who lived in the 1600s, and combined it with more modern music. And it's definitely not your traditional, typical expectation of happy, yay, Jesus is born Christmas music. But it was beautiful and powerful, and the words were very impactful. And the plan was um, to add in some hymn settings for uh, the congregation to join in as well. Um, because when I came to the congregation, they had been doing these cantatas, but it was more a concert that was called a worship service. And I said, you know, my, my, my heart and my background is giving people the opportunity to worship and especially the voice of the congregation. So uh, for this one, we added in some hymn settings. Well, one of them was a hymn setting of Angels from the Realms of Glory. Now, one thing I did a little bit different this year because I had the ability to do it and ended up with the space, thankfully, um, is I added my handbell choir as well. So I had handbells, I had choir, I had orchestra while well, it was brass for this. And I had to play the organ because I, I have a bass who plays the organ very well, but my bass section was a little bit thin and he's a very solid singer. So I wanted to make sure he was, was singing bass. So I also have another soprano who was a choir director. And so I had asked her to do that. And she said, oh, that's not a problem, not a problem. Well, Saturday, we get to our rehearsal with the orchestra, and she comes in and says, the medication that I'm on has been making me very dizzy. So I said, okay, let's alter the plan then, because I don't want you to try to get up and direct, and, you know, obviously, for health reasons. And, and she was very apologetic, and I said, you don't need to be apologizing. It's completely out of your control. But here's where that plan comes in, right? If we have a plan and something alters that plan, how do you respond? Well, my plan was to play the organ and also help the bell part because 
back to my plane, which I'll get to that part of the plane in a little while, um, I have less ringers than three octaves. So I was going to fill in the lower end with the organ uh, off the score. So I said, okay, I'll throw this to my piano player. She's, she's a fantastic piano player, and she made it work really, really well. The problem was that the third verse is just the bells, and not having that lower end was really messing them up. So I said, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to write out just a little baseline piano part, basically essentially what the bell part should have been for her to play, because just improvising and, and putting it together on the fly, that's not her most comfortable area. The piano player, that is. And so I did that, and it all came together really well. Lesson learned from this is when you have a plan, you always have to have a backup plan or two. You always have to be willing to say, what else can I do to make it work? Um, another example from the weekend um, Saturday's rehearsal was supposed to go from 9 to 11. We ended up being done at about 11.30, primarily because we started a little late. Um, Everybody decided to, when I said starting at 9, showed up at 9.15. And it was a couple other hiccups along the way. But I also wanted to make sure that the choir knew what they were doing because this this piece that we were doing was was pretty complex and and had some, some more lush harmonies that as a singer are a little bit more challenging for a church choir. So we had to spend a little bit of time in a couple sections and work on those. And I could have said, you know, my plans were done at 11, so it's 11, we're done. You know what, just deal with it. But my obvious answer is because I want the piece to be the best that it can be. I want it to, to sound good. I want the singers to be confident in what they're doing. So you know what? Extra time is okay. And it all worked out. And it it went so beautifully. Uh, like I said, it wasn't a, a typical, you know, yay, Jesus is born, let's party, happy, happy, happy. It was very much more of a, a reflective, um, almost melancholy uh, type, of, type of setting that really focused on the whole salvation story. It was really, really well done. But when I had, had really you know, talked to my senior pastor about doing this in, in August, he was really hesitant because he said, you know, the congregation's not going to know these songs. And I said, well, but most of the cantatas that we've done in the past, the congregation hasn't known all of them either. But he was very, very complimentary of the whole thing um, yesterday. So that was, that was a really positive thing, um, as were many in the congregation. But back to the other part of the story, so my plan, um, because I ended up moving my handbell rehearsal this fall from Wednesday night when we had everything all on Wednesday night, which was a marathon night for me going from children's choir to bells to choir to men's choir. It was just late for everybody and it made sense to say something's got to give. And so I moved my handbell choir rehearsal to Tuesday night, which took out a few ringers. And I thought I had people lined up and did have people lined up. Um, But because of one thing or another, that just fizzled out. So I was left with not three octaves as I was planning on ringing, but two and a half. 
and I had planned my music and prepared and put everything together um, over the summer for three octaves of bells. And so now here I'm stuck, right? What do I do on the fly? It's not, not a full three octaves and it's not two octaves. It's a little bit more than two octaves. I've got more than enough ringers. So how do I juggle this? So luckily, um, we do have some, some music files that I went through and found um, some two to three octave music that worked great and it was fine. Um, but it's one of those things that you have to be able to juggle and, and sometimes not be so fully committed to the plan that it has to be this way. But let me tell you, the times that I have gone into things without a plan and just, hey, I'll wing it, for example, rehearsal, it just bombs. You, you just aren't productive. You're not using the time effectively. At least I found that. So when I, when I have rehearsal, I have a plan in mind. However, that plan also figure, figures in for what if we need to spend a little bit more time on this part? Or what if we need to spend a little less time on this part if they really just get this piece really quick? That helps so much. And it gives you the opportunity to really have that freedom to say, okay, we're going to stick to the plan or, hey, we're going to throw away the plan because, well, this is just kind of changed or shifted and it, it's okay to do that. But the most important part is when you have a plan, you have something ready to go. You have a mindset and things will change. They always do. That's just ministry. That's just life. Things happen. Um, as I mentioned in last week's podcast, um, one of my tenors um, had been diagnosed with cancer and actually the uh, day, <laughs> day after actually, early in the morning, he found out that uh, the cancer was throughout his entire body. Uh, the next morning he had a heart attack and, and was called home. His funeral was Friday. And Dan was the person that I would ask before every cantata on our Saturday rehearsal, we would finish with, Dan, how's it going to be? And his answer was always, it's going to be great. And so Saturday, I had to change that plan, obviously, because Dan wasn't there. And so I said, choir, since Dan isn't here, I'm going to ask you, choir, how's it going to be? And of course, they responded, it's going to be great. And it was. But for all of those things, big or small, we have to be flexible. But that flexibility comes from having a plan, having something, whether it's, uh, you know, fully fleshed out, okay, I'm going to start at this measure, then go to this, then go to this. And I'll tell you, one of the things that, that I've done that's been helpful, and if you have the ability to do it, I would encourage you to do it, is in each of the spaces that I have rehearsal, um, I have a TV that I can hook up uh, my computer by HDMI. I make a simple PowerPoint presentation. Or if you've got a whiteboard or chalkboard, just write out, this is what we're going through. Because what it does is it tells your people in your group, whether it's your choir, your handbell choir, whatever group you're working with, these are the things we're working on. Get prepared, get ready. But it also helps to keep you accountable. 
Now, again, those plans can change. And there's been times where I've completely skipped over slides. I've kind of said, you know what? We're just going to ignore that because we're, we're shifting things around. But I will tell you, in the next week, once I get through Christmas, that's my primary focus is going to be sitting down and saying, okay, these are the pieces of music that we're working on are going to be working on in January through May. What are we doing to introduce them? How are we going about it? And, you know, and, and just laying out that plan, knowing full well that that plan could be changed at any moment. And that's okay. I live in Houston and we had a plan uh, a few years ago to uh, roll out a new uh, mission statement. And, and the Sunday we were going to roll out that mission statement, that night before was when Hurricane Harvey started pouring down rain on us. So that Sunday when we were going to roll out our new mission statement, guess what happened? We didn't have church because everybody was flooded. And we were able to um, take that mission statement and, and put it in a completely new context, which was follow Jesus, make a difference. And actually, God gave us the opportunity to live it out by how we cared for people around us. Now, again, those kind of things are, are grand. Um, and a lot of times we don't always live in those grand changes of plans. But a lot of times we live in those smaller changes of plans. So that's the encouragement that I give to you today. How do you deal with when that plan doesn't go the way you expect it to? Do you still try to just hammer it away? The younger me would have. The younger me would have said, hey, we've got to get this done. We're going to keep pushing, keep working, get it done, get it done, get it done. But as I've gained experience and hopefully maybe some wisdom, I don't know, uh, that way... I'm a little bit more understanding, I think, I hope, uh, of, of what's going on. And I'm more flexible and willing to say, okay, let's, let's, let's scrap this. This is just not, not going the way I thought it would, or this is not coming together, or this changed, or whatever the case is. So, I mean, that's, that's obviously step one. You could still try to, you know, fight that plan in. You could also try to be passive, passive aggressive about it too, you know, in your own way, or you could throw a temper tantrum. I've done those, and let me tell you, it's not pretty at all. I think I've, I think I've grown up from those. I hope, maybe, I don't know. Or the best way for all is to be willing to roll with the punches, be flexible, and adjust. One final example. We decided that our Christmas Eve worship, we're going to have a, a worship service in our sanctuary at 10 o'clock in the morning. Yes, I know, 10 o'clock. Candlelight service at 10 o'clock. It'll be great. It'll be fun. Um, and then our worship in our gym at 3 and 5. Last year, we had just uh, worship in our gym at 4 and 6, and the 4 o'clock service had 700-some people packed into it. It was full. So we decided to do this. Well, we talked about doing the 10 o'clock service as more of uh, a classical Christmas, um, something more for families. And I said, okay, well, you know, I was planning on having my choir sing for the evening services, but maybe we do just having the choir at the 10 o'clock service. Because we normally hire a brass quintet and timpani, and I said, there's no way we're going to be able to afford 
let alone have them there all day. So I said, we can have bells even and the choir at the 10 o'clock service. That wasn't the way that I initially had planned everything, but I was willing to go with the flow and roll with those changes. And I think it is going to be a beautiful service. Um, as we as we start spending this week preparing it and putting it all completely together, I have no doubt that it's going to go wonderfully. Well, all three services, really. But the biggest thing is, you know, I could have stomped my feet and said, no, 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 we're not going to do that. The choir needs to be at this service because I think it's important. No, no. It's about asking people what works best for them, which is what I ended up doing before I even decided, hey, this is what we're doing. Because I could say, hey, choir, you're going to sing at the 10 o'clock service and I could have four people show up for my choir. I'm going to have more, which is okay. Um, but it's a matter of this ministry, part of ministry, where we care for other people which a big part of that is asking them. And so that's another thing that I've learned along the way is how much do you ask people? Hey, I know we're supposed to be done with our rehearsal at this time. Is it okay if we go just a little bit longer? You know, those kind of questions are important because, you know, that's being respectful of other people in their time. And when we're working with volunteers, which probably almost all of us are, they could be doing anything else with their time. And so if they don't feel like we're using their time or we're abusing their time, they will quickly take it elsewhere. And that's not what we want. We want people to use their gifts to glorify and praise God and, and lead his people in worship. So I think having a plan and sticking to the plan, if at all possible, is great. However, if things change and that plan gets altered, that's okay. You have to be willing to be flexible. So before we end the podcast and close in prayer, uh, I wanted to tell you a couple things about church music makers that I'm really excited about. Uh, one of the things looking ahead to after Christmas and the things that are coming up um, that I'm going to be working on after the new year, the first one is uh, redesign of the website. Um, one of the things that I'm going to be working on is um, doing some major changes to the website so that you'll be able to purchase resources through the website um, and a whole lot more that I'm going to be working on with that. Also, I'm going to be doing more with the Facebook group and with my email list. So if you're not in the Facebook group, all you got to do is uh, look up Church Music Makers Facebook group um, and then you can. I've got links to it on the website as well. All you got to do is ask to join. I'll let you in. Um, there's also on the, on the Facebook group and also on the website um, a way to join the email list. Um, so I'll be working with that a little bit more, um, giving um, more opportunity to connect people together um, and giving more ideas. Maybe I've been toying around with the idea of uh, sending out an encouraging email on Mondays. Um, you know, for many of us, Mondays are tough. Um, because, you know, we've got such a high in busyness on Sunday and Monday kind of always comes after Sunday. Uh, but those are some thoughts that I'm rolling around. One of the other things with the podcast that I've, I've been toying around with, and I might try it next week, um, is to actually do a Facebook Live um, where y'all can actually see my face and uh, interact with me a little bit more so we can kind of do some 
some back and forth and then I can uh, download that audio and uh, edit it and make it podcastable. So if you aren't a watcher and you're just only a listener, you'll be able to hear that as well. Um, so that's something that's coming up and it's kind of an exciting thing. So if you if you come up with any ideas and you want to uh, have some thoughts or say, you know, do this, don't do that, give me an email. It's harmonymusic, H-A-R-M-A-N-N-Y music at yahoo.com. Once again, that's harmonymusic, H-A-R-M-A-N-N-Y music at yahoo.com. So as we do with every episode, we close in prayer. So let's pray. Father, we thank you most importantly for your plan, which is perfect and goes far above what we can see or understand. And so as we make our plans, help us to have those plans be in line with yours, following your direction, following your will and guidance. And if we need to redirect and we need to make changes and alter those plans, I pray that you would give us the wisdom, the insight and understanding to be able to do it. Help us as we get ready for Christmas, as we spend the time preparing, but also start to look ahead for what's to come after Christmas, because we know it's still coming. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.